welcome back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. We're just here to put the ass in astrology, though. <laughs> you like that? I've yeah. been thinking of that for a couple of weeks. Been working on that. I'm happy for you that you can finally say that. This is my moment to shine. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This is episode four. Can you believe it? <laughs> I really can believe it because this is episode four, take two. <laughs> the episode that almost didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And on Monday, so just two days ago, we got together and we were so excited, so pumped. Yeah. And um, it was an epic fucking fail. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And we were trying to salvage it. And Sam was just so nice and like trying really hard to edit it. I'm looking at her editing notes from this shit show. And it's it's brutal. It's, <laughs> it's just like timing. And then like, do we keep this? Time, no. Another time. Do we delete this? Delete everything. <laughs> what, is, what was happening here? What? What was this again? Oh, my gosh. And we were so anxious about it and trying to make it work. You know, it's like it's like putting on jeans that do not fit anymore. It yeah. was just like, mm, mm, <laughs> and I had to just message Sam on Tuesday night and be like, we got to pull the plug button. She's like, yeah. thank Christ. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, there was, there was no saving. That, no, that there's no film. salvation. Um, yeah. Maybe one day when we're rich and famous, we'll like release it as a. An uncut. Like, yeah. For a lot of money. We don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> and end our careers. Yeah. yeah. Once and for all. Um, but yeah, here we are with a more, hopefully more refined episode four for you. Um, yeah, so what have you been up to, Sammy? What's going on? Uh, what have I been up to lately? Sam has a boyfriend. Sam has a boyfriend! <laughs> I get no more raunchy DMs because they're, like, texting and talking and sending each other cute shit. I mean, I mean, like, shit's still raunchy. Just just oh, I'm sure. Don't. I'm sure it's vile. I'm sure it's vile. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm going to make a commitment, i got to make sure it's still going to stay exciting. So. Absolutely. But... Um, very yeah. exciting. Yeah, uh, you got a Scorpio man. Yeah, yeah, I really thought I would just, you know, dive right into that. Mm-hmm. Um, that So that's kind of what's been going on. Uh, bought myself a, a stationary trainer for my bike for the winter, you know, Ooh. like with this... With this potential lockdown on the way, I yeah. uh, thought, you know, how am I, you know, getting into a gym right now just seems next to impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just seemed like the right move for, for this winter, at least. Who knows if I'll keep it up, uh, you know, in the following winters to come. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to go back to gyms in winter of 2021. Yeah, I can't wait to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, my heart goes out to all small businesses right now. We are, um, all kind of holding our breath right now and waiting for announcement that's coming tomorrow. When you guys hear this, you'll probably know or not know who the fuck knows. This is the Ontario government we're talking about. Seriously, like, honestly, it's like, it's just, it's just so much of like this build up to nothing. Yeah. It's like a bad bro step song. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Right? I'm just like... The buildup keeps coming, it keeps coming, it keeps coming. And the bass drop is never good. Yeah, exactly. It's never good, that wobbly bass. Um, You know, but yeah, we we were under a lot of anxiety today along with everyone else because, you know, we're waiting on this announcement and this was the announcement before the announcement. There's another announcement tomorrow. And it's like, I've just run out of fucks to give. I don't know about you. I, yeah, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, uh, I'm about to get like keyboard happy again. I'm just like, I'm at it. 
people who are posting, like journalists who are posting these articles being like, oh, you got to wait and see. Good news is coming, but it's probably not actually. It's actually going to be really bad news. And, and it's like everybody's mental health is like so on the line right Absolutely. now. And, and it's so irresponsible for people to be making these kinds of statements when nobody knows what's going on. They don't know what's going it's on. It's so dangerous no, it, and it harmful. Is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really I'm really cheesed about that. And mm -hmm, me uh, too. On, on honestly, like you said, like who fucking knows? Honestly, there's apparently this big announcement coming tomorrow. Tomorrow, but like, I would not be shocked if it was just a you know we're moving more cities into the red zone and that's yeah. it. Who knows? We don't. Um, you know, it's just it, it's just frustrating. It's annoying. Everyone is exhausted, burnt yeah. out. Yeah. Um, you know, just emotionally battered yeah. as human beings and. Everything is super high tense, you know, fight or flight, and everything is super divided. I mean, we got to witness the marvel that yeah. was the U.S. fucking election, which was so brutal. And it's, like, still going on, technically, yeah. right? Like, Trump is still Up to trying some. to, like, say that, you know, there's all these fraudulent votes. He's still in the courts. Court Like, judges are laughing at him and being like, get out of here kind of thing. But, like... It's still, it, this is still ongoing. Like there still has not been a proper statement made that like Joe Biden is now officially the president because Trump, Trump is dragging this out. And I mean, mm -hmm. he said he would, like he always said, he always threatened this. So it, like, we can't be surprised, but even yeah. still, it's just, it's still just torture because like yeah. all of 2020 just seems to be this giant, what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. and nobody knows. And yeah. We're tired, you know, I, I know you guys are tired, Sam and I are tired, everybody, everybody that sits in our chair is just, is just done, like, I'm hearing some really fucking sad shit, I had someone say to me, you're the first person to touch me in three months, oh and that's not the first person to tell me something like that, you know yeah. what I mean, like, we have one of the only jobs left where we touch people in a non, like, medical yeah. treatment way, you know, or you give someone a head massage or whatever, and people are just like, oh my god, like, I think it's important to have salons open right now, you know, but I digress. I can rant about this all day. We yeah, know. <laughs> we I know. Really could. Um, and, you know, and there is going on a lot this year. There's a lot going on, obviously, sociopolitically and everything. There's a lot going on astrologically. Um, we see it from every angle and every side. And, you know, so if you're feeling like absolute fucking flaming hot garbage, you're not alone yeah exactly like that should be the number one statement of 2020 it's like you're not alone <laughs> yeah yeah There's... everything you're going through other people are going through it as well you yeah. know but not to diminish not to take away from that yeah. but you know I'm trying to uh, almost define like solidarity in it yeah yeah solidarity is a good word yeah um but you know we are we are slowly moving into sagittarius season by the time this comes out we, we don't know when it's gonna come out <laughs> yeah, i know we're such a mess this week we that's like mess. who fucking knows forgive us um we're a little bit off key so be patient with us but yeah if um sagittarius season kicks off on november 23rd we're exiting scorpio season and Scorp you know, we talked about Scorpios before extensively in episode two, but Scorpio is the sign of death, rebirth, transformation, taboo, hidden darkness, intensity. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're all going through. Yeah. You know, that's kind of guiding us right now. Yeah. Um, Sagittarius has more to do with luck, optimism, wisdom, growth. Right. Um, so we can kind of see the tapering off of Scorpio season 
you know, as the final transformation, as we go into that more kind of optimistic, positive energy yeah. in a couple days. So try to harness that. I'm going to try to harness Me too. it. Me too. You know, I'm not a big fan of Christmas. I'm not, you know, I'm a bit of a Grinch. Yeah. Um, I know you are too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm going to try to ride those fucking waves. I mean, we are, um, since we last got together, Mars has stationed direct. It was in retrograde yeah. in our last episode. So, Mars is always going to be a planet to challenge us. Yep. Um, and it is in its home in Aries. It's Aries ruling planet. So, you know, there's still bouts of aggression and anxiety coming at us. Yep. But it's not in a way that's there to challenge us as much as during a retrograde. Yeah. It's more to like encourage us and push us, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just to move us forward. Yeah. So, you know, ride that wave as well. Um, yeah. And we did just on the same day that Mars went, um, Mars stationed direct on uh, November 12th. Also, um, Jupiter and Pluto became conjunct. So this is observed in astronomy and astrology, but differently. Super cool. In astronomy. And you'll find this a lot with astrology. It totally corresponds. Yeah. Um, it's just a different way of looking in. And, um, you know, Jupiter ruling sign is the ruling planet of Sagittarius actually so we talked about it in the previous episode with Rebecca and it's a planet that is expansive it makes everything bigger and it's a planet of growth Pluto again has to do with Scorpio's Scorpio's ruling planet so it's got to do with transformation so we're just going to see an even bigger more transformative you know it's like a collective growing up period yeah it really feels like that Mm -hmm. like Like a maturing kind of coming home moment yeah and i don't know like maybe it's just because my personal life seems to kind of be going and coinciding with this sort of stuff but like Mm -hmm. i really do kind of feel like i'm experiencing a lot of personal growth within myself but also like within my personal relationships especially with like this new relationship i have there's a lot of like having like you know, hard conversations mm-hmm. that are really important and and, so, and they end up not being that hard because we're both very open to having them with each other. Good. Um, so it, it has been like a really nice feeling of growth mm-hmm. right off the bat, which has been great. That's fantastic. You yeah. know, I think people always get weirded out when you mention death. Yeah. Right. And, you know, even like um, when I read tarot and like the death card, pe- people are like, oh my God, but death is rebirth, right? For something to end, for a cycle to end, for a new beginning to come, death has to happen. Something yeah. has to just de- dissolve and transform. So, yeah. And, the, and like on the, the, like the death card in the tarot deck is mm-hmm. like a great example of that, right? Yeah. Where everybody assumes the death card is going to be this terrible card. Like but someone's going to die in your family. Yeah, but death is not actually that's not what i mean the tower card is what you really want to be concerned about <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the death card is not necessarily something that's a negative thing to draw on in a spread even like no it's it doesn't have to always be viewed as a whole a bad thing it's a beautiful it's a beautiful card as well if yeah. anybody um has a tarot deck you know right or weight or any pull out the death card and look at how much beauty is in it the flowers you know, the whore, the white horse. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I digress. I can talk about this shit for ages. This is this is where episode four went wrong. Anya went so what, occult. Not, not it went wrong, but it did. we did go heavy on this. I was listening to myself and I was like, am I fucking insane? <laughs> you're not. You're not insane. I like message all my friends and I'm like, thank you for being my friend. Like, <laughs> you know, because I have these off-the-wall diatribes, yeah. like, pretty regularly, Sam would say. <laughs> Sam gets to work with me, and 
We just encourage each other, though, and I think that was mm. where also where the last episode went wrong, is that we really did just feed into each other, oh and just, like, God. the more one person said something chaotic, <laughs> the other yeah. person would say something chaotic. We really are just, like, two chaos agents, like, surfing this life, yeah. um, and have been for a really long time. I think we mentioned before we'd known each other for almost a decade. Yeah. It's been a privilege. Yeah. yeah. An honor. If you An know. honor. <laughs> we deserve each other. <laughs> Um, and you know, we've, we've been talking about making this episode since before we even started the podcast, we've been talking about this. Um, and I'm glad the conversation happened first and now we can turn it into an episode because I think there's just a lot of things that we needed to get off our chests and talk about, um, vocalize to each other, work through, yeah, Mm kind of had to get it out there and, um, you know, so here we are, and uh, the topic we wanted to talk about was <laughs> toxic activism. Yes, we were activists and we were toxic. <laughs> oh, that's what we mean by that. Yeah. Um, obviously, not saying that all activism is toxic at all. Yeah, not um, at all. Please, you know, listen to this episode with an open mind. Please don't feel personally attacked by anything they say. We're going to have a lot of personal anecdotes. If you feel called out by this post, we're not talking about you. Not at all. It ain't about you, boo. It is, but it not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, You know, this is just our personal experience in our 20s, which were very chaotic. And how we navigated it and how we got caught up in, like, pretty extreme ways of thinking. Yeah. And perceiving this world. Yeah. Right? Yeah, very black and white thinking, which became very problematic. And, and you know, we were really motivated to do it because we've noticed, it, especially during this year, but obviously with, with Trump being in power, there was really this massive divide that was created yeah. in the States. And then you started seeing it feed into other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And there, there really has become this very black and white thinking globally at this point. Yeah. Um, in where, or out. Black or white. Exactly. You know? and, and, you know, we've been having conversations where it's like, you know, I don't really agree with some of the stuff I once agreed mm-hmm. with and and I also don't agree with the way that you know the activists that I I you know follow on socials and things like that are are approaching situations and I'm starting to feel like maybe I maybe I'm not on the left maybe I'm you know I shouldn't call myself a feminist yeah. maybe I shouldn't be calling myself I shouldn't be putting any of these labels on myself because I've been so conditioned to have this black and white thinking and uh, and now I'm thinking, well, if I don't agree with everything, does that mean that I'm automatically on the other side? Yeah. And, and that isn't <sighs> That's helpful. the issue, right? When you get pigeonholed into like, this is the way we do things, this is our rhetoric, this is our, you know, this is our motto, these, this is our jargon. If you fall anywhere outside of that, you get automatically shoved to the absolute opposite extreme. Yeah. And it gets really dangerous, right? It's divide and conquer, it's and like you're one wi- extreme feeds the other. Sorry, yeah. go no, ahead. no, no, sorry, I was cutting you off. I was just to say it's like it's that you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, right. And, it, and, and it's dangerous. Not- it's yeah. a dangerous thing, and we've experienced a lot of negativity from that in our own um, forays into this. Yeah. And, you know, so we just kind of wanted to talk about our experiences in that and just kind of some of the things we've observed throughout the years. Yeah. 
and yeah, just have this little fucking come to Jeebus moment with you guys <laughs> over a podcast. Yeah. So if that's something that you're listening, interested in listening to, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll bring up some fucking weird occult shit at some point in there. But, yeah. you know, we're going to just talk about this stuff. Um, I was an animal rights activist for a few years, very active in the Toronto vegan scene. Um, Sam was, yeah. is, was. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I never really felt like I deserved to call myself a radical feminist, but I definitely, like, looking back on it, like, I definitely had, like, very radical tendencies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what I would say I was when I was in my 20s, which is just not what I identify with anymore. Mm-hmm. And did you lose people in your life? Oh my God, so many! Like, and there, there's no way you you can't right when you, when you're that extreme, you are gonna push people away from you. And I, you know, I'm thankful every day for the people who did stick around, who did see like, you know, the good within the chaos that was emerging. But like, I had just so much trauma in my twenties that was mm-hmm, unresolved and this was how it manifested was like Mm -hmm. i tried to find these circles that i felt seen in i tried to find ways to make sense of what had happened to me um and and how i could make sure that i could protect everybody else from from suffering from suffering yeah from yeah from suffering which is like absolutely impossible mm-hmm. and like try to protect i thought that like if i just screamed really really loud from the top of my soapbox everybody would just listen to me and then nobody else would ever get hurt ever again and that's impossible and, and instead it just made a lot of people be like you're a fucking crazy bitch and <laughs> i'm walking away now it yeah i mean i never thought that but i also know you so well yeah. and i know things about your life really well and i was on the same wavelength so i'm like sam's doing this i'm doing this <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Woo, here we go here we go yeah, here yeah. we go let's just let's take everybody down <laughs> you know and and like we are retired keyboard warriors totally right? oh my god yeah exactly um, we would have definitely follow fallen into like the sjw stereotype totally um, you know, I think the reason I keep my nails so fucking long now is so I don't type as much on the fucking internet, you know, um, because we just have a tendency to go the fuck off. Yeah, no, same. And for me, you know, it was kind of the same. It was a, a trauma in my early 20s that set off my activism. I was already vegan for a very long time, but I was like just kind of doing my own thing. And I actually like up until a few years ago, totally forgot why I even went vegan. And it's because I was like super into Buddhism in my teens. I went vegan when I was about 15, 16 years old. And I just loved the concept of ahimsa, like not causing suffering. And I felt like that was something that I could practice, you know, three times a day, choosing not to eat flesh um you yeah. know not to consume yeah. like death and i don't want to like offend anybody by that and say like you know this is i'm i'm not in that frame of mind anymore i don't want anybody to feel bad about what they eat or anything like that but that was my way of thinking and i still practice it to this day because it feels true to me um but a trauma that i had in my early 20s really forced me it just really made me like become vocal and open and it just helped me release a lot of my rage and anger that i felt about what happened um i have no fire placement so anger for me just comes out in really strange ways and (laughs) if you knew me between you know a few years ago you would have really witnessed that you would have been in the throes of it like the way samantha was i mean we worked together and like i was just like 
on fire. Oh, yeah. Like, Anya got me to go vegan overnight. Like, (laughs) it was hilarious. For anybody who didn't know me back in my early 20s, um, I was obsessed with recycling. And, like, I'm. this is going to sound so weird. I'm still kind of obsessed with, like, garbage disposal like you just you it's your fucking raccoon nature (laughs) it's like i just like i really like the organization of getting (laughs) of like throwing shit out even though i can't actually throw anything out myself a garbage can not a garbage cannot fucking love the dump okay i love the the dump actually Um, i was walking through this alley this morning (laughs) and i was like oh my god there's so many good garbage cans here sam and i could have a wicked photo shoot Amazing. But yeah, so I was like super into into environmentalism. Like the recycling kind of spiraled into environmentalism and, and Anya and I were out for dinner one night and she looks at me and she goes, How can you even call yourself an environmentalist if you eat meat? And I was like, What? And she like gave me a couple of facts and I was oh, like, Oh, I had facts, bitch. You're right. And I literally went home that night and I was like, How do I tell everybody that I'm gonna go vegan? And I I was like, I remember like taking a shower the next morning and being like Man, I have so many boxes of PC white cheddar in my cupboard, but I can't eat them now. And yeah. I like quietly told the guy I was dating at the time, and he was like, "Oh, like right now? Like you're just gonna oh do it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Oh, okay." Wasn't he like after a few months? He was like, "You're kind of turning into onion, yeah. and it's terrifying because we got we ended up like getting the same vegan Doc Martin. Yeah, we would like we had the same winter coat. We had the same winter coat that we bought together. Like we just yeah. had a two woman cult. Yeah." Anya became my my Gemini twin in like real life. It was yeah, it was kind of bizarre. Um, and you know, and I would have these like fucking facts for everybody. I yeah. was so obsessed. I would stay up till like five in the morning, just like memorizing statistics and saving infographics into my phone and like posting stuff. You know, just because I saw every conversation, every interaction with people as a way to minimize suffering and to be, mm-hmm. make people aware of suffering and timing bitch timing yeah. you know it took me until i you know my late 20s to be like i need to chill the fuck out like by the end of it i just felt like i entirely lost myself um which isn't good and i kind of just kinda had to come home and yeah. remember who i am outside of these spaces and outside of these communities I honestly feel like you're taking the words like right out of my mouth or like out of my brain. Like that was exactly how I felt too. Like I felt mm-hmm. like every conversation was an opportunity to like, like preach women's rights and yeah. like the, the, you know, the rights of like intersectional feminism as well. And, mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, as a white woman who knows next to nothing about anything, I, <laughs> I had no business trying to preach anything outside of, you know, my own white lens, but it was the same thing and then it was like you know by my mid you know after many years of therapy and just like being exhausted and realizing how much i was exhausting everybody around me i was like mm-hmm. i can't go on like this any longer like i not only does everybody hate me but i hate myself yeah and yeah. uh yeah i started to i started to see the cracks in the foundation yeah for me and i think it was kind of the same for you i started to see so many issues in veganism that nobody wanted to critique because they felt like it was detrimental to the cause or you know and one of them was obviously like lack of intersectionality Mm -hmm. but then you you went into the other spectrum of like super intersectional veganism 
where you like you were just you know there was the same fucking way of gatekeeping where in veganism you're not vegan enough like if you're vegetarian you're a piece of shit if you're not vegan for the animals you're just plant-based like there was all this gatekeeping bullshit Mm -hmm. but then it was the same in intersectional veganism because it's like taking problematic behaviors from one thing moving it to another department and next to nothing you're not woke enough you're not doing enough for marginalized communities your vegetables aren't ethical enough like it just it never ended because it's it's the same animal you know what i mean it's the same thing in a different outfit right 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 both outfits are shit (laughs) (laughs) ugly yeah you know um and i think gatekeeping is a big issue in uh, activism and it is really fucking toxic yeah yeah and it and it like it, gatekeeping like ties into um or like another element of gatekeeping is like the the activist language right like the the jargon that we that activists use and like you know you you have somebody who's trying really hard to even mm-hmm. be an activist who's trying to like spread the word of yeah. of, of get in the, right? whatever the movement is and because they you know they're off with their wording they get called out they get you know they get reamed out they get publicly shamed absolutely um and and they get pushed away and it's like but we want more people on this side and you're just you're just feeding fueling the fire for the other side Mm -hmm. every time that you attack somebody for tiny insignificant things like there is a level of nuance and like understanding that you just need to have and accept like not everybody's going to be perfect 100 percent of the time and especially not in the beginning of their journey absolutely you know and uh, and i think it's important to remember where you started right yeah and the mistakes you made um and to i think it's super important and this is like a big issue i have with gatekeeping it's like it's super important to give people the benefit of the doubt yeah because if you're if you just think everyone is a malicious piece of shit and you're just so on guard so hyper vigilant um you're gonna push everybody away and you're gonna make it look like an exclusive treehouse club that you're not woke enough to get into yeah yeah exactly exactly nobody needs that no it doesn't benefit anybody not and, and women, then it not animals and not then it becomes anyone. that performative activism that talks yep. it becomes toxic right because then it's just like you're not being an activist for the sake of being an activist you're being an activist for the sake of like clout yeah yeah exactly you're you're just constantly virtue signaling uh, me look at me look at what i'm doing look how much better i am than everybody else around me yeah look how i'm doing it so amazingly i'm a champion i'm a martyr and guess what it stops being about the in quotes cause it stops yeah. being about any marginalized um individual or whatever and it 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 turns into me 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 and it turns to the fucking masturbation of the human ego yeah you know which is kind of the the main villain behind all of this you know honestly the ego is is like yes it's necessary to a degree Mm. but it really is the villain in like so many situations yeah absolutely and you know you see a lot of self-centering and people demanding like preferential treatment Mm. oh yeah Right? Did you witness that in in the circles that you kind of ran in? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's, that's a really tricky subject as well, because like, I don't ever want to say like, somebody who does deserve to to give themselves all, you know, these identities, um, doesn't deserve it, because who am I to necessarily say that? But I definitely felt like there were a lot of times where like, people, people almost catfished um, to, to like, get themselves how am I, gonna, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words. Like people 
Say it, girl. People wanted to be seen as different. Mm -hmm. um, and they were so desperate to like create an identity because probably they have a lot of trauma that's unresolved. Yeah. And they were so desperate to just like add extra value to their life mm -hmm. that they didn't realize how much they're harming people who actually needed those, who actually have those identities. And, and it became this like dilution of, of, of these identities like i don't know like i just especially when i see white women doing it it yeah. I, i'm like i'm i have really started to question it because i'm just like are you doing this because you actually believe this as is who you are or are you doing this because you just want to seem cool and different and whatever and uh it, it ends up harming other people because then everybody else starts to just hate on these identities and these sorts of things it's it's um it's detrimental yeah. right it's detrimental and i saw this like so much in veganism because you know at least when you're doing activism you know in a feminist space you know if you're speaking for um marginalized communities you're speaking for humans mm -hmm. basically the humans like those humans you're speaking about can be like uh can you shut the fuck up you white girl in a hoodie you know yeah. can you chill out like and you can get knocked down but in veganism you're speaking for like livestock you know you're speaking for animals you're speaking for those without a voice mm -hmm. and so you can say whatever the fuck you want right you yeah. can like convolute things and you can build yourself an identity of whatever you want and what happens is right you become this like vegan stereotype that everyone bashes on and uses to not take seriously yeah um and you know and i saw this all the time and i saw so much whiteness in veganism and myself obviously being like a white mm -hmm. cis hetero woman you know i was right in there but i saw this you know privilege that nobody was acknowledging because you know especially in socioeconomic ways you know like there would be this saying that you would see all the time in like vegan, you know, Facebook groups, Instagram, whatever, like on t-shirts, it'd be like anything you can eat, I can eat vegan. And there would always be these memes or like pictures, collages of like this really decadent, beautiful food, you know, vegan burgers and cakes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And anytime somebody would question that and be like, this is very expensive yeah. food. Like this is very specialty, hard to find expensive food. Oh, yeah they would always clap back with like, yeah, but actually like the cheapest food in the world is plant-based food. You know, the poorest people in the world eat rice and grains and beans and whatever. Like it, you can be vegan on a budget. And it's basically, and I, when I was a few years you know, into this, I was like, so what you're really saying is that because you have money, you're gonna eat vegan burgers and cakes and pizzas, but you want someone who's really poor to still eat like you, but to live, on nothing but rice and beans and like corn for yeah. th for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they can't indulge in in like the cheaper version of it because it's not vegan. It's not vegan and it's like that's so you can like sleep at night. You know what I yeah. mean? It's so you get furthered in your like agenda and it's like you have another notch in your vegan belt of people you've converted to veganism yeah, and but this it's is like but they are now deprived of like the little things. Yeah, the joys, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like I would, you know, I would hear people say stuff like 
if you have, you know, even if you have old vegan, uh, sorry, even if you have old leather shoes from before you went vegan, like you should throw them out. It's unacceptable. And people are like, well, I can't afford new ones. And they're like, you can go to Payless Shoe Source. And I'm like, so you're telling someone to throw out a perfectly good pair of shoes yeah. that they've already paid for that is, are comfortable and they're going to keep them warm to go to Payless Shoe store, uh, Source and buy a $20 plastic garbage that's going to fill landfills that is going to last them like two weeks and is uncomfortable and it's going to be like not waterproof or anything thing because you want the accolades like you want something you know it was so problematic the lack of acknowledgement you know yeah. and with for, with my background you know I started to be like wait a minute you know wait a minute yeah like you don't get to say that to people because you've never been on welfare you've never gone to the food bank yeah. Yeah. you know you don't know what people's lives are like yeah um and food is so sacred and yeah. food is so important there's cultural there's so much new it's not just eating and shitting it out like there's a lot more <laughs> that goes into totally. food right so you can't just police people like that you know yeah. and it made me really upset and i just it really started to make me pull away from spaces like that um and I think that's an issue. It's a big issue is like the demanding that someone have the same cause as you. Yeah. And we see this a lot now. Oh, my God. Yeah. You see it all all the time. And, and, and like, like I said, like the election really kind of illuminated it because if you weren't whole like if you weren't wholeheartedly left and voting left, mm -hmm. then you were a Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, I mean, like obviously people weren't excited to vote for Biden, but it was like, I don't know. And, and, I, and I see it also, I see it a lot, especially in Canadian politics too, because we have a little bit more wiggle room with who we can vote for. Like yeah. we're not that two party system. So I've definitely had people assume that because I'm not conservative, I must be liberal yeah. and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how about the fact that I actually don't vote for either of those parties? Yes. Um, and, and I mean, like, let's be real, I don't actually even want to vote for any of them. Yeah. I don't think that any of them work in a way that I would like them to. But at the end of the day, like, I, there's, it's like I said, like, it's not black and white. You can't just assume that because somebody doesn't see eye to eye with you on absolutely everything that, that they're the exact opposite of you. And I also, like, I, I kind of experienced something like that as well when I was really into to feminism where, like, if somebody questioned any kind of feminist thought or ideal, I automatically assumed they were like misogynist pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, and and I, I took everything, every kind of critique that somebody had for feminism as an attack on me as an individual, mm. an attack on my my safety and the safety of my friends and, and my, my loved ones. And uh, it became really intense and really toxic. And I was just like constantly filled with rage, like yeah. constantly. Like when I worked at the bike shop, like the guys, bless their souls, like they, they were like kind of on edge with me a little mm -hmm. bit. Like they were always just like, oh shit, like what kind of mood is Sam in today? Like, you know, is she on one of her like ranty <laughs> rampages kind mm -hmm. of thing? Or is she like a little bit more chilled out? Like, um, you know, I'd have conversations with some of them and, and thank God, like I, you know, I got to know them over time, but there would be times where some of them would like disagree with me. And, and I think that was almost maybe even the beginning of how I started to be like, Sam, not everybody is going to agree with you, but that doesn't mean that they're against you. They're the enemy. Because I th like it really, it really became important for me to know that somebody truly gave a shit about me um, and was still going to disagree with me um, mm -hmm. for me to realize that like there's more to life than just one or the other. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like I always talk about dialectical behavioral therapy, but that 
honestly fucking changed my life. And that was all about how um, two opposites can exist at the same time. Um, yes. In DBT, they always, they, one thing that they really talk about is eliminating but with and mm. as a way to be like, one doesn't can't, because when you use the word but, you almost cancel out what you already yeah, said. Yeah, you negate it. Yeah, so it was like, no, you say, you say the one statement and the other statement what because they're allowed tomorrow. to exist. At the, it used to confuse my the guy I was dating all the time. He was like, what are you, what? And I was like, it's from therapy. <laughs> he was like, okay. It's my homework. Yeah. Um, you know, that's great. I love that yeah. saying and, and you know, and something that I've struggled with, I, I, I've always been able to see things very objectively mm -hmm. um, from a very, very young age and to understand multiple points of view at the same time. And I've always been able to like really dislike someone and really like someone even at the mm. same time. And that's, and it's something that I'm like, am I like nuts? Like, yeah. I think, you know, and this is why I, when I thought that I had a Gemini um, rising, I was like, that makes total sense. The duality, the duality, yeah. you know, there's so much duality. Um, and it is, it is like a big Aquarian trait as well. I think it's a big air sign trait, but it's also like critical thinking skills, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's not take away from that. Um, and you know, I've always been able to see the context, right? Um, but I lost that. I lost that in my 20s when I got so deep into um, animal rights activism because if you weren't, if you challenged anything within veganism, within vegan communities, whether that was in person or online, you were like, um, there was this horrible terms that they would have for meat eaters, like carnist or blood mouth. Oh, <laughs> you, like God. just like really fucking petty stuff like that. And people would be like, why are you being a carnist apologist? You know, or like, oh why are you being God. an apologist? Um, I fucking hate that idea of like being an apologist for something. It's like, no, I just actually can see that there's more to it than mm -hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, and this is where that extreme thinking you know, I kind of forgot that like vegans represented less than 1% of the entire planet. So it just became me versus the entire fucking planet. Well, because you create a reality tunnel. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so you're like, no, no, this is the world and this yeah. is how it should be. And what's wrong with everybody else? Because they can't see yeah. what I'm seeing. But and this is what's going on right now. You know, every, we're all in our little bubbles. We're all in our echo chambers mm -hmm. now with algorithms firing left, right and center. Yeah, it's so easy to join one Facebook group or follow one Instagram account. And next thing you know, that's your entire feed. Oh yeah. That's why I've been following. I've been making an active effort to follow way more raccoon accounts. Mm, that's and hence your garbage obsession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and trying it's to rubbed come off home. on me. I'm trying to come home to myself. <laughs> you are, you're coming home and you're sending me all this raccoon content. So now I'm getting it. <laughs> and actually the account, you know, Gemini placements, uh, Instagram, we run together and it's like half, like deep occult and half raccoons and memes. It's like really beautiful. Um, it's us. <laughs> it really is. It is. Um, Just trash pandas everywhere. Absolutely. But you create these echo chambers, you create these false dichotomies. There's this binary thinking and you just shut people out of your life yeah. um, and you instantly dismiss yeah. anybody who not even challenges, but just like has a question or doesn't a hundred percent like on board with what you're saying. You're just like, get the fuck away from me. And that's so dangerous too, because if somebody has a question and you just immediately shut them out, how are they ever going to find the right, uh, an appropriate answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
it's it's totally normal and valid and it's important to question things it doesn't necessarily mean you're opposed to it it just means you might want to know more and and it you know people need to be gentler with everybody yeah and and just like you said like not just assume that somebody's a malicious piece of shit yeah and like be like okay this person has a genuine question about something why don't we have an open discussion about it so that we can both kind of bounce ideas off each other and like further this conversation in a healthy way absolutely and you know i'm not saying that like um you have to educate everybody or it's no, your duty absolutely not to you know to not to give up all your boundaries and to always be available but you also can't like shut people down you know that's what i realized i can't just shut people down and write them off you know mm-hmm. i can't write people off because entirely because of their like politics because of their whatever um because it's just it's just not healthy it's not the way i think that we're meant to live as a community obviously if someone's like a horrible piece of shit i'm like i'm an aquarius i'm pro blocking everybody um you know block the shit out of them it's aquarius culture it is true aquarius culture and it's so funny when i posted that all the aquarians were like hell yeah i'm gonna block everybody this is great so you know i think it is healthy i think it's good to just bye-bye but if you're just blocking someone because they don't eat 100 percent plant-based you know you need to chill the fuck out um that's what i had to realize um you're doing kind of more harm than good yeah and you know we talked about this um you know with these echo chambers with these reality tunnels we create for ourselves you know we're all right now just sitting and doom scrolling through our fucking nightmare rectangles and just if all the accounts you're following are like radical feminist accounts that constantly talk about like sexual assault the patriarchy or you're following all um these animal rights accounts which show horrible footage you know like you you had a term for it trauma porn yeah which couldn't describe it anymore. I mean, some of the shit I used to watch, like I was vegan for almost a decade at this point and I was still like watching slaughterhouse videos, like for what, you know? I remember, yeah, I remember like shortly after going vegan, I was like, I'm gonna watch Earthlings. And even you were like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I feel like I owe it to animals to do it. And it's like, what the fuck? And I did not make it very far into it before I was like, no, no, I can't actually do this at all. But <sighs> yeah. Don't watch that movie, guys. Do yeah. not watch that. Yeah, Earthling is a, it's a documentary and it's it's brutal, you know, and it's and that's the the martyrdom, yeah. you know? And I really saw it in myself when I um one of my last few stints within, you know, the vegan community is I went to a pig save vigil and there's a slaughterhouse in Burlington, you know, it's a processing plant for pigs. And there would be, um, and the trucks pull in throughout the day, um, and because of the way they have to stop and the traffic lights and pull in, um, they stop for a couple minutes. So there would be these weekly or bi-weekly vigils um, where people would go and they would stop and they would take photos of the pigs, they would take videos, they would hold up signs. So it was like a protest as well to like bring awareness to what's happening to the animals in there um, and to like give them water and carrots and like bear witness and i went and you know at this point like i already knew that i was never going to eat a pig until the day i died um but i felt like i still had to do it and you know and my husband and my mental health was so bad at this point like i was going through a nervous breakdown and really complex grief um i ended up being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder shortly after you know so not because of that 
But, um, you know, my, so my mental health was crumbling. And my husband's like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, stay in bed and read a book. It's your day off work. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you just worked like 65 hours on your feet. Um, you've had four panic attacks this week. Why are you going to a fucking pig save vigil? And, yeah. you know, and I felt like I had to go because I felt like I was like, I, I at one point in my life, you know, consumed them and I have to just like do this thing and I felt like I had to go and I had to bring awareness and I took a million pictures and posted about it on Facebook and it's like I look back and, and I cringe and I want to just look at you know 23 year old Anya and be like it's okay like it's okay it's not your individual responsibility yeah. like you're not the worst person in the world for eating like everybody else in the world eats you know yeah. what i mean like born in an east european country um do you think 23 year old anya would have listened to you though no i would have been yeah. like you're a fucking carnist apologist <laughs> piece of shit you sold out and i would have just gone off yeah same um, that's what my younger self would have done for sure too. right i wouldn't have listened i would have been like what the fuck is wrong with you you're old and you're stupid and you're boring yeah, you gave up you gave like, up you yeah. don't care and it's like i still care so much yeah but it's like there's a time and a place for these things um and you know but we're sitting on our phones and we're consuming these videos and these infographics and these posts and reading these horrible triggering accounts and that's 24 7 almost yeah. like you know we're on our phones so much but then in real life you might have a conversation like you know once a week or once a month or whatever mm -hmm. and you just end up blowing up on somebody because you have this like entropy you have this B backed up built yeah. up frustration after consuming all this information and someone might just use a word out of context or not fully understand or just have a question and you just feel like such an attack and you have so much retaliation oh my god yeah i like i experienced like a, a prime example of that for me was like i remember back in the day when i was like super into feminism and was just like constantly just consuming this radical feminism content um something that was was being discussed a lot was the uses the use of the words pussy and bitch and how they were very violent words and i you know i would do all these readings about like what what the theory was behind this and it was basically just like it was like um a stepping stone to more violent things so you'd have like the guy who says pussy or bitch and everybody lets him get away with that and then he goes and hangs out with his group of friends and like one of them makes a rape joke and then they all laugh at that because that's not a big deal mm -hmm. either and then one guy hears that rape joke and he thinks like oh well they all laughed at it so that's okay for me to go do and then all of a sudden like I'm you know I'm sitting around with my boyfriend at the time and he's just ranting about somebody being a bitch and I I get triggered and I start thinking about times where I've been sexually assaulted and it's like they're, they're, the connect is not actually there but because of the reality tunnel I had created for myself I ended up getting super triggered and we'd get into these mm -hmm. massive fights sometimes and it was like but Sam you're not even like this isn't even reality like this is not true and he'd be sitting there like what the fuck is happening and I'd be like how do you not see what I'm saying da -da -da -da. and it was like it was chaos and and you know, it took me years to, like, realize what was happening. And I was like, I need to unfollow these fucking accounts. I need to yeah. fucking, like, take a step back. I need to read a book about something other than... The cause. The cause, yeah. Like, I need to just get back into comics or something. Yeah. Like, holy shit. You know, because that was, like, it became my hobby. It became my passion. It became what got me up in the morning. Yeah, it was my purpose, right? It was all my friends, you yeah. know? All of a sudden, I would alienate my friends that I had since childhood. And they almost felt like they couldn't 
be vegan enough. They couldn't be woke enough. They couldn't be this enough for yeah. me because I was doing all these things. Uh, you know, I had inadvertently isolated myself from them. Yeah. And in that as well, you know, when you have this group think mentality where no one's allowed to question anything and you know if, if you say anything out of line you get pushed to the other side and you're the enemy now um you know it becomes very cult-like and in cults some fucked up people get away with doing some fucked up shit yeah and this is no exception i you know there's so many activists that end up being really truly horrible people yeah. and, and exploiting other people bullying them yeah um causing a lot of damage within their communities and also just getting away with really terrible stuff and that and kind of ended up happening in my case um somebody kind of got in into my circle i had this little group i would organize hangouts and like look at little cooking classes and it it started as a really small cute kind of innocent thing and Mm -hmm. then as it got bigger and more people got in, um, somebody get ended up getting in that was quite predatory. And because of who they were and what they identified with, nothing was ever questioned and they were never called out. And I just didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I'm not good with confrontation. And I, and at that point, my friend, you know, this person was doing some fucked up shit to my friends to the point where like, um, some really questionable sexual stuff was starting to loom on the horizon. Yeah. And it's really terrible because um, none of my friends could tell me, I think because they felt like I wouldn't listen or that they would like disappoint me, mm-hmm. you know, because I had almost like fucking evangelized myself so much. I thought I was like vegan Jesus for everybody. And I would just like post, you know, I can fucking talk all day and type all day. So... <laughs> I would like post these long things and you know, you would blow up on people, but I would just go off and like almost like emotionally manipulate people. You know, I would hit people's little emotional trigger points. I knew which button to push with everybody. Yeah. You know, because I can see that in people, you know, with you in the recycling, I was like, I'll get her this way. Yeah. You know, and then someone else who's like, you know, into, I don't know, more, um, I, I could get them on a spiritual level. Like right. I could get yeah. them on an environmental level. I could get them on a dietary level. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever you had, I would seek it out and I would bombard you with it. And it's, it's like when you have a family member that's like in an MLM thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's like, everything turns into a fucking Tupperware party, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, no. I had to, I had to kind of ask like, is this about animal suffering or is this about my suffering at this point? Right. And am I just causing even more suffering yeah. by constantly making everybody aware of it? And add, am I just adding more because I'm just exposing everybody to it and making them feel bad at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. But like how effective is this actually being at this point? Mm-hmm. Right. It's true. Yeah. Like why am I even talking? <laughs> yeah that and that was something i learned in in therapy was like it was like it was called wait and the whole and it was an acronym for why am i talking and that, that became a huge thing for me as i got older where i i would have to and i mean like i definitely still just fucking talk for the sake of talking sometimes but you know i i'm trying to be more on top of like talking with an actual intention and uh 
and even like posting things on social media i'm trying to be much more like purposeful with like the content that i post mm-hmm. um because there was there was a period of time where like all i was doing what well, i should say all i was doing but a lot of what i was doing was just posting like calling out different celebrities and canceling them right yeah. and i was like constantly canceling them and i i, I remember like the last i th- i I believe the last time I ever posted a like this person's getting canceled was Ariana Grande around the time that Seven Rings came out and I remember as I was making these posts I was like I don't even believe this one yeah and I was like you, you felt like you had to do it and, and I, you yeah, were a big I felt, fan of hers oh yeah and I'm like I'm, I still enjoy her music like you know but uh I was I was a huge huge fan of Ariana Grande but I felt obligated to post shit about canceling Ariana Grande because I was like, you know, I'm part of the movement. I got to do this. But I never, I didn't, my heart wasn't in it. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I saw where people were coming from with the canceling of, of her because they were like, you know, she like, you know, she changes her skin tone. So it's base, it's basically blackface. Yeah. Um, it's like blackface light or whatever. Um, and like, with her Seven Rings video, they were like, she's co-opting other other um, cultures. cultures and things like that. And it was just like, I mean, I see where you're going with this, but I, at, at this point, like, I you're just, you're not going to cancel sleeves. Like, she's got too many fans. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to cancel her over her half-finished kanji tattoo on her hand and her, like her like boppy pop music like it's just it's not gonna happen because and and it started to just feel like reaching and mm-hmm. um i started to be like what the fuck is the purpose of cancel culture yeah because i get canceling harvey weinstein i get yeah. canceling like you know bill cosby you know jungle meshy <laughs> these people but like I, you know and i like it's important to have conversations about people like Scarlett Johansson. Like, why is Scarlett Johansson consistently being cast as like other people, other yeah, races, as a Japanese woman? Yeah, and all these sorts of things. Um, but like, canceling these people, I don't think is like the move because at the same, like, when you cancel somebody, you're effectively trying to like get them to lose their job, to destroy them, right? And the, how violent is it to force somebody to not be able to? make an income anymore yeah and i mean on a celebrity level obviously like they're still gonna make some bank but like you know you see it in like a dated the day-to-day shit here like even in toronto like the oh the canceling gosh. of people right every and week somebody gets canceled in toronto yeah and day. i'm just like which is like some people do yeah like i, I mean i'm not gonna t- say that the owners of college street bar didn't deserve to get everything they had coming mm-hmm. to them but like i mean you you know when you're forcing somebody out of a job i mean you got you got to wonder wh- where you're going with this like do you want this person to be homeless yeah like do you want do you want to force this goal? person on the street like i don't and then and then you know you it's the same with like I've, and this is another thing i find really hard to kind of come to terms with and I, I well i'm not coming to terms with it is like this idea that we should just be fucking arresting everybody and throwing everybody in jail but this is the same group of people who also believe that like in rehabilitation of prisoners and um and you know that we need to, to abolish the yeah well abolish the police too yeah. right like it's and like, i'm like you can't have one and the other like and the third one yeah <laughs> right like, all like, going on it doesn't make any fucking sense so what's your end goal here do you want to fucking ostracize somebody to the point that you push them to the brink of society and then probably push them to the brink of like their edge Mm -hmm. is that is that what you want you want to you want to push somebody to kill themselves 
that's over something? Because how is that how is that making the world a better place? And this is where, you know, this is where I start to see it because you know, I, I believe in call out culture. I think calling people out is healthy and I think it's good. It obviously there's a time and place. Mm-hmm. Um and then cancel culture is kind of the next step, right? Yeah. Because and call out culture is about accountability, right? right? People are like, you did this, I'm upset by it, what are you going to do about it? Right. right? Let's talk about it, let's get it out in the open, and then usually other people step forward. And canceling happens kind of after when the person does nothing. Right. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Right? Yeah. So then they're like, well, we've said this to you, and, and a lot of us are upset by this. You've done nothing. Now we're canceled. We're done with you. We're no longer consuming right. We've you. We've given you your chances. Yeah. Sort of so you can see how in some situations that's necessary, especially like on a big scale. But what I want to know for me is like when I'm calling someone out or, you know, I'm like, I want, I want them to be aware that they're causing harm. Mm-hmm. Right. I want them to be aware that what they're doing is not good. Maybe they don't know or maybe they don't realize how much it affects other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you go into canceling them and then you're like, OK, I'm really pissed off. I've had it. You know, um, what are you going to do about it? And, uh, you know, we don't with celebrities, with anybody like we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. Totally. Right. But this is where it's a detriment to even you know, a social cause, because if you're like, I want accountability, I want accountability, I want accountability, how easy is it for the person to then be like, okay, you want this instant accountability, I'm going to make an apology video, I'm going to make an apology post, yeah, and give you that accountability as opposed to coming it coming to it in their own terms, yeah, you know what I mean? From a genuine place. Yeah, for me, it took years of therapy and, and um, you know, work on myself in every way to realize that I was a toxic, shitty person in some instances in my life. It took yeah. me a really long time. And Big um, same. <laughs> right? And so you can't really expect for everybody for that to happen for them overnight oh, yeah. over some things. But if you're like, I want it now, I want it now, and it has to be to my standard, and it has to hit every point and every nuance and use the exact jargon I want and post it at this time. Um, you know, you're just you're just demanding. And when you push, 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 it always leads to violence. Yeah. Right. Because you just you run out of other ways to get what you want. Yeah. Right. When we run out of ways to get what we want, it always resorts to violence. Yeah. And if you're using violence against people to minimize suffering in this world, you have failed terribly. Yeah. A hundred percent. You are the problem. And I was the problem. I am. Um, it- I like that you said that there's um, an account that I really do like following called The Body's Not an Apology um, Mm -hmm. on social. And and they also have a website. And I was reading an article that they had actually written about toxic activism. And there was one quote in particular that, that jumped out at me. And it said, if your approach includes shaming, isolating and punishing the people responsible for causing harm, it also just repeats the same tactics of the systems of oppression we're trying to move away from. And I think that that's something that like is getting lost these days. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, it's like that you can't fight fire with fire. You can't. You know, and like, if if this is what you're at, you're, you know, if this is the point that you're getting to, back to the drawing board. Yeah. You know, Rome board. wasn't built in a day, all those other cliche statements, like you don't have to fucking, if you don't have an effective strategy or plan right this very second, then don't do anything. Just yeah. fucking take a seat, figure something out, 
bounce some ideas off other people and then come back at it the next day. Like you, you don't have to just keep, I don't know. It just, and, uh, no, I agree with you a hundred percent and I don't want to detract, you know, I, I just want to put this out there. I don't want to detract from, you know, BLM movements yeah, that's fair, yeah, from also. protests, from riots. I think that is important. Yeah. There isn't time for place for it, but I also don't like, I didn't see any fucking violence coming from like actual protesters no do you know what i mean because because i'm sorry to cut you off there is so much footage of like either like random fucking white people looting like fucking nintendo wii's and shit yeah (laughs) like just laying fucking stupid shit from stores or they were like plants yeah you know because to feed that narrative that's already there you know what i mean well i remember yeah and like I, I and I agree with you. Like, not I would never try to detra- I I fully support the BLM movement and the fact that you know they there were all these protests and and I fully support that yeah. the people who did everything they possibly could to to make a change because you know the government was also very responsible for acting with violence like right away. I remember mm-hmm. watching a video of a vigil for Elijah McClain. Yes, and you know there were people just like everybody was sitting down on, in the grass in this open field. And people were playing the violin in honor of him and the fucking riot gear police, whatever. They just like moved in and just started beating the shit out of everybody. And it was like, yo, everybody was just chilling. This was a vigil. Like, what the fuck? So not at all meant to detract from that, because I definitely do agree that like, you know, in in specific cases that those are very important. I, I guess more so my thing is like the people who show up at rallies looking to start looking a fight, a fight. Yeah. yeah they're really just looking to start a fight like I've, I've seen some videos recently where it is just like people just really just were out for blood absolutely i saw it when i lived um when i lived in the uk when i was 20 21 years old i lived with anarchists <laughs> like genuine people who um believe that anarchy was their political system of choice they rejected democracy they were not into it and they were you know um i didn't live in a squat but a lot of their friends and stuff lived in a squat and just you know had a completely different political idea and were really into protests and riots and stuff like that and honestly we would have a lot of gatherings at my house and i heard people say that they were excited to throw a cinder block you know what I mean? They were excited to throw a cinder block or like a Molotov or whatever. And I'm and I'm like, you're a fucking 19 year old boy with a trust fund, you know, yeah. who moved to Bristol, um, went to university, got into some really exciting ideologies. Now you're fighting for a cause you don't even fully understand and you're throwing cinder blocks at people. And this is just your fucking juvenile delinquencies manifesting themselves yeah. through activism. And you're taking away from actual political discourse from real political action right it's diluting like you were talking about yeah it's very dangerous and a quote i read um in an article we read together a while ago actually is like society is too large too lazy and too scared of a beast to change quickly and something that we have a hard time accepting yeah and we're not saying like admit defeat Mm -hmm. you know but i think sometimes you know if someone can't turn overnight completely radically change everything they do and everything opinion you got to be patient with them sometimes yeah. and understand where they're coming from and and hear them out like he, mm-hmm. like listen to what it is that's holding them back 
And not so that, you know, we can manipulate them and figure out, like, <laughs> their little <laughs> secret little things that work so that we can, like, get at them. But, like, oh hear them out gosh. so that you, and, like, actually listen. Like, right. be an active listener because there is humanity in the other side. And, yes. and this is something that was really irritating me as well with, with the election was all these people who just thought automatically that, like, if somebody's voting for Trump, then they're a piece of shit. And it's like... There's so much more to life than just yeah. Republicans and Democrats. And like some 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 people just don't prioritize the same things as you. And while, yes, you know, social issues are very important to me and, you know, fiscal issues are very important to somebody else. It doesn't make the person who cares more about fiscal issues a bad person. It just means they have different priorities mm -hmm. and it's the only way that you're going to be able to like get them to ever even consider caring about something that you might care about is by showing them that you're willing to listen to them and be open to caring about the things that they mm -hmm. care about. Well, it's because it's like, you know, um, again, in that article we read, it just phrased it so well, you know, those, those little thingies people have in offices sometimes, those yeah, kinetic what? balls, are they called kinetic balls? I don't you know. know when they like click, clack, the metal balls. Yeah, there's like a, a row of the balls and they're all hanging. If you ever watch Pacific Rim, one of the greatest fucking scenes in Pacific Rim was when one of the fucking robots went flying through a fucking office building. And then right <laughs> as it fucking stopped moving, it hit one of these little instruments and it just like very lightly tapped one of the balls, which sent like the, the mm -hmm. vibration ricochet through all the balls and like made the other one go. It was so cheese but so good fucking love pacific i need to watch that movie you haven't oh my uh, i will i will okay anyways we're talking about this tool thing yeah we're talking about this thing. thing but it just couldn't kind of uh, compared you know it to that because it's like you know you set up the ball and then the other one on the other side kicks off and they yeah. just keep each other going and it's like one extreme feeds the other yeah um one side needs the other one to to exist yeah you know and and we can look at you know the um universal law of polarity here and it's like extremes vary in um you know they they they're the same in nature they're just different in degrees yeah and it's kind of the it's it's the opposite side of the coin it's the same fucking coin and it's much better to kind of rise above it and and be like i can't believe someone's a trumper and be like i can believe someone's a trumper maybe this is why mm -hmm. try to understand it how did we get here yeah you know i think that's something that's like i have to remember I'm like how did we all get here how did i get here how did society at large get here? What can we do about it? And what are things that I can implement in my daily life? What are the, some of the things that I can change within myself? Yeah. In the little things that I do every day that cause like a ripple effect. Yeah. You know, that can possibly make this world a slightly more bearable place to live in, you know, for me and for those around me. Yeah. And where does it go from there? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so, I mean, we can go on about this for ages. I have, like, yeah. eight pages written just about my issues with veganism. I can fucking write you a lecture. Yeah, I mean, we fucking ranted for, like, three and a half hours last time. Yeah, <laughs> so we just, like, could not oh, stop. Oh, one thing I do want to add in, because sure. this is also what something that, like, maybe be like, we fucking have to talk about toxic activism. If you're one of those people who tried to cancel Baby Yoda... <laughs> Let me fucking tell you, I want none of it, and I will be black and white about this. There is no room for you in my life. 
Get out. Everything that we talked about, we take it back when it comes to canceling Baby Yoda. Yeah. You're dead to us. You're a Nazi. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. No, you're but- a fascist for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched the new season of The Mandalorian. I really need to. But, um... Oh, another episode comes out tomorrow, too. And Megan Thee Stallion's album drops tomorrow as well, just in case you cared, which most people probably don't who listen to this, but I care. I don't know. I haven't listened to any new music since, like, 1994. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, But, yeah, you know, so we just kind of wanted to um, sit down and talk about this and our experiences and share this part of our lives with you guys. I think... You know, we're just kind of waving goodbye to our 20s. Sam yeah. turned 30 this year. I'm 31. Yeah. Um, you know, Saturn yes. has returned and Thank we God. are feeling the lessons, the challenges. I'm so glad to be rid of my 20s. <laughs> I mean, we can, we, we have so many more stories from our 20s that we want to share with oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> There's still juicy things. There's so many juicy things. You know, I really want to talk about, um, we kind of wanted to put this topic together, but it would be like a six hour long episode. We want to talk about like spiritual bypassing mm, yeah. um, and, you know, the bullshit in spiritual communities that we've both witnessed in in kind of different um spectrums and uh and for me it was like in the psychedelic community and we could we could do a really we'd like to do like a fun episode about like psychedelics and weird shit that we've gotten ourselves into (laughs) um so let us know if you'd like to hear something like that we'd love some feedback um we'd love to hear your thoughts criticisms whatever um but we hope that you listen to this with an open mind and yeah please don't cancel us yeah don't cancel us we're just two fucking bitches living life you yeah know? two retired keyboard warriors who are just reflecting back on our on the olden days on the olden <laughs> days um so yeah thank you so much for being here making it through this hour with us um you know and i hope everyone has a really good sagittarius season and latches on to that yeah every bit hold of on. joy that comes their way yeah hold on to that optimism with for for dear life because for dear life lord knows what the net lot the last like month and a half of 2020 has in store for us Mm -hmm. but let's be optimistic about it let's do it um so we'll see you on the next episode bye guys peace